Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, we're excited to have you guys with us today. And today we're kicking off a new series um, that is really near and dear to my heart. In fact, I really believe that this series that we're kicking off is near and dear to the heart of God. And today, I want to talk with you about generosity. And earlier this year, I introduced to you our seven core values as a church. And as you walked in today, if you're observant, you notice the white wall actually has some black lettering on it now. It's our seven core values. And one of our core values as a church is we give of our time, our talent, and our treasure. We are generous. Let me ask you a question. When you think of the word generous, what comes to mind? When you think of the word generous, what comes to mind? Better yet, when you think of the word generous, who comes to mind? When you think about someone who's really lived a generous life that's not only impacted others, but that's impacted your life, who is that person? For me, I have several people in my life that I think of when I think of the word generous. I think of some of you and your families. I think of some of our families from our Marshfield campus. Some of our families that are no longer in our church. I think of some of them and their generosity and how it's impacted me and how it's impacted my family. But when I really just kind of just try to nail this down as I was thinking about generous people, the first people that came to my mind were my grandpa and my grandma Blancet. They were generous. I remember a story I heard multiple times as a kid when my grandfather and his brother were auctioneers. If you're driving to Branson on 65, it's kind of a faded building now, but you saw a barn that would say Blancet Cattle Auction. That was my grandfather and my uncle, and they owned that for years. My uncle continued to own it for several years. But my grandfather, um, several years into that, felt a call of God on his life in the ministry. And he left that auctioneering business to go and pastor a small church. And I'm not exact sure on numbers, but I think he was making $50. He left this auctioneering business where he was making good money to leave and pastor a church that was making $50 a week. A few years, fast forward a few years, a little church in Nixon, Missouri came to him. I think at the time they had like eight women and three children, no men in the church. And they could offer him, hopefully, $50 a month. So went from making good money as an auctioneer, owning his own auctioneering business, to $50 a week, to now maybe $50 a month. And I remember him talking with my grandmother about that. And saying, we feel like God is saying us to do this. But he would always call my grandma. He would call her mother. I can't imagine calling Tasha mother. (laughs) But I remember as a kid, he was talking about it from the stage one Sunday. And he said, he looked at her and he said, mother, this is a change. Do you think we can do this? Do you think you can handle this? You're not going to be able to shop as much. And he looked at her and and she looked at him and said, I can window shop just as well as anybody. 
And they went full on into that. And their generosity has impacted hundreds of thousands of people throughout the years. And my entire family has been impacted by their generosity. But my grandparents have impacted more people than I will ever know. And there's something about living a life that is generous that I believe is a very reflection of the heart of God. And as we move forward in this next decade and as we seek to go all in, I believe that God is calling us as a church and as individuals to do an even better job of reflecting his heart for generosity. There is more for us to do. If I could have one wish for Destiny Church, if the Lord would come down and give me some magic genie bottle and say, you can have one wish, I truly wish that it would be said of Destiny Church and the people that call this place home that we are irrationally generous. Because here's the deal, at the end of the day, we will be known for something. As a church and as individuals, we will be known for something. They are going to talk about us. In fact, they are talking about us, good or bad. People are saying stuff about us as a church. People are saying stuff about you as an individual. And my hope is, and my prayer is, that people are not talking about us for our theology. My hope is that people are not talking about us because of the pastor's dashing good looks. My hope is that not that people are talking about us because of our worship or because of our programs. My hope, my true hope is that people, when they talk about Destiny Church, they are saying that church is generous. Why do I want us to be known for our generosity? Because I believe when we are known for our generosity, we change lives. Generosity impacts other people. My hope and my prayer is that everybody that comes in contact with somebody from Destiny Church, when they hear about Destiny Church, whether they agree with us or not, that they would say, that church is impacting the heartfelt needs of everyone in this community. They are irrationally generous. Let's pray. Hey, Father, I just want to take a minute and just acknowledge you today. And I just ask today, Father, that you would do something so special in this room. That God, even as we're talking about a message of generosity, and as soon as we say that, people start thinking about money and giving. I pray today and throughout this series, we would all just let our guards down. And that you could just do a deep work in our hearts. And that we, we would understand this call to be generous. And we love you and we thank you and we bless you. In your name we pray. Everybody said? Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen or you can turn there on your phone or your iPad or whatever device you have. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. And this verse here is written by Paul and it's written to Timothy. And this verse isn't necessarily like a lot of verses that Paul would write, a lot of chapters that Paul would write, Paul would write to a specific church. 
This verse isn't really necessarily written to even this chapter. This book is not written to the church, but it's written more towards a pastor, a leader of the church. And Paul is giving him instructions on how to lead the church, giving him some instructions, some commands. Let's look at verse 17. He says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Paul is saying to Timothy here, Timothy, I want you to instruct those in your church. I want, those to instruct, I want you to instruct those that you come across. I want you to tell them that God has called them to be generous. And God is saying that to us as well. God wants us to be generous. Now, I have a question for you. You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you in this room would say that you are rich? we got one person that boldly declares, I am rich. Probably evidenced by the lack of hands being raised, that many of us, even if we are wealthy, we're probably not going to raise our hands when someone asks us if we are rich. Because even if we are doing okay, a lot of us, when we think of richness, we think that somebody is doing better than us. But did you know? If you drive a vehicle, if you have a car, according to what certain studies say, you are in the top 6 to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. Do you think, ever stop to think about that? I have a car. I'm in the top 6 to 9 most wealthy people in the world. That's not even talking about our houses. Climate-controlled houses. This week, I, um, somebody shared a moment of generosity with me. I was in Florida two weeks ago um, at a One Hope conference. Uh, I told you about that. And I was sitting there talking with a pastor who is connected with the things we do in Africa. And he said, hey, in two weeks, we're going to be in Poland. And we're going to be strategizing with some pastors across the globe um, and our pastors from Africa are going to be there, and we really like for you to be there. And they said, if you'll get there, we'll cover your hotels, and we'll cover your meals and things for the week. But we would really like you to be there to represent Destiny Church. And something leapt within my heart that I felt like I was supposed to be there. And so I was like, all right, let me think about it. This is two weeks away. And so I called Tasha, and I said, I feel like I'm supposed to go. But I said, I'm not going to ask the church to pay for it. We have a budget of dollars that we've allocated for missions and traveling. And we're not going to, I'm not going to use this trip to go above that. And she goes, yes, but I really think you should go. And she was like, maybe we can pay. And I was like, no, we're not going to pay. We have a daughter that's uh, getting a little closer towards possible marriage. And, and not hinting at anything at all. So just, just so we're saying, okay, just to be clear, that's no hint. That's just... As your child gets older and they start to date a person more consistently, you're thinking, oh, no, I might have to pay for something else. Just take that out of the equation. This guy comes to my house now, and I have, I have five kids to feed now, all right? So I'm like, we're not going to take that out of our budget. 
And I said, if God wants me to go, he'll make somebody pay the way. I've never had anything like that happen in my life. And so I was like, this is not going to happen. Fast forward a week, this past Wednesday, I'm on the phone with a pastor friend from California. And we're talking back and forth, and we're talking about, honestly, we're talking about some of the junk of ministry. You have some of those friends that you can just call up and just, you know, I had a friend one time call me and said, hey, if you ever just want to call me and just say like a bunch of cuss words and hang up, I'll know exactly what you're going through, you know? <laughs> He's like, whatever it takes, you know? But I have this friend, he's like, hey, if you just, we just, we just call and we talk and we strategize and we dream. And, but this time we were just kind of just talking about, you know, man, there's been some stuff we've been walking through. And, and so we're talking about what fills our tanks as pastors. And uh, he's like, what fills your tank? And I said, man, I, I said, traveling fills my tank. Like doing missions work fills my tank. I'm going to Africa in July. And uh, that fills my tank. And a lot of people, missions work drains them, but it literally fills me up. And does something about me. And he's like, well, do you have anything closer? And I said, well, I have this chance to go to Poland in a week. But I'm just not going to use the budget dollars from our church. And he goes, I'll pay for it. And I go, no, I'm not saying that to get you to pay for it. And he goes, no. He goes, the moment you said that, God told me I'm supposed to pay for this trip. How much does it cost? And I said, well, here's how much. And he said, check's in the mail. He said, you're going to Poland. Generosity. Why do I even tell you that story? Well, number one, I want you to hear the story of generosity. But I started this story by saying, talking about our climate-controlled houses. Well, then they send me, so I'm like signed up. I'm going to this trip. I'm going to Poland. It's paid for. Then they start sending me the itinerary, and I'm realizing how cold it is there. But not only how cold it is there, they said, they said you will need wool underwear, wool socks, a scarf, possibly a battery-heated coat. A battery-heated coat. <laughs> you will need battery-heated gloves. And I'm thinking, where am I going? Antarctica, I'm like, where in the world am I going? And then they said, you will need two of those old school red bottles that you can fill with water. And they said they have heated water and you put them in your bed so you don't freeze at night. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure I want to go on this trip anymore. Climate controlled houses, you know. So it's like we take advantage. In America, we are wealthy. We have more than we could imagine. We are rich. But if you ask the average American, are you rich? They're going to say no. But if you ask the average American, are you generous? And they're probably going to say yes. Let me give you some facts about our generosity. Did you know the average American gives 2.8% of their income in a year? That's not even up to the biblical standard. 2.8%. Yet we say we're generous. Think, well, if I made more money, I'd be more generous. That's actually incorrect. Those people making over $100,000 are less generous than the people making under $100,000. 2.8% for those of us who make under $100,000. For those of us who make over $100,000, it drops to 2.6% of our income. That is not generous. That is not God honoring. But a Destiny Church... In this new decade, listen to me today, as your pastor, as your leadership, we are setting to go against the grain. We don't want to be like the stats as believers. I, this, here's the deal. I'm not the pastor of any church. I don't lead any other church in this community. I don't lead any other church in this area. I only pastor Destiny Church. So as your pastor, as your leader, we are going to go against the grain. We are going to be different. 
different. We are going to do different things. We will lead the way with generosity. And I know that this isn't the moment that you typically do this, but just to make me feel better, would everybody clap and say amen to that? We will lead the way in generosity. Why? Because as believers, we want to be generous. Let's continue verse 18. So command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Notice Paul does not tell Timothy, hey, make sure that your people have impressive stock portfolios. He doesn't say make sure they have big bank accounts. He says command them to be rich in good deeds. The message says it this way, tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever imagine, but to do good, to be rich in helping others. But listen here, to be extravagantly generous. Verse 19, in this way they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take a hold of the life that is truly life. So let me just tell you, in verse 19 here, when Paul tells Timothy, in this way you will lay up for yourselves treasures, he's not talking, let me just say this, he's not talking about buying your way into heaven. There is only one way to get into heaven and that's through Jesus. I have to go through Jesus. I have to have him forgive me my sins and cleanse me of all my unrighteous ways. That's the only way into heaven. But according to what scripture does tell us, when we do say yes to Jesus and then we begin to live our lives for him and serve him, there is some type of of a reward system in heaven. And when I get to heaven, according to what I've done, according to what I've sown, according to what I've given and what I've shared and what I've been generous with, there is a reward system in heaven. Continues on. And it says, so that they may take a hold of the life that is truly life. Listen to me today, when we are generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure, we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, but we also learn how to love the one life we've been given. If you're struggling to love life, let me encourage you, be generous. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Chad, is this idea of generosity really that big of a deal towards God? Is it really in the Bible you know, or is this just something you and all the pastors conjured up as a way to build bigger buildings and have more impressive bank accounts? So I'm glad you asked. Let me give you a few things. Did you know in the Bible, the word believe is used 272 times? In the Bible, the word pray, or some derivative of that word, is used 371 times. The word love is used 714 times. All big ideas, pretty important. We like to teach about love. We like to hear about love. We like to talk about Pop-Tarts and Dora around here. You know, we like to teach on those types of things. But did you know that the word give or a derivative of the word give is used 2,161 times? Why is that? Listen to me today. If you don't capture anything else, capture this. Because at the heart of it all, this is what God is about. At the heart of it all, this is the message of the Bible. I guess you could say it this way. If the subject of the Bible is God, the verb is give. If the subject of the Bible is God, the verb is give. For God so loved the world that he... The entire Bible, from front to back... Is really about this generous God who's impacted each of our lives because he freely gave. And as a result, when we begin to capture what God has done for us, we in return become generous and we begin to give and love and serve others. Psalm 37, 
21. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Proverbs eleven twenty five: The generous will prosper, but those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So what's the motivation for this series, Pastor Chad? What's the motivation for this message? Well, I'll tell you, it's not to get more money in our bank account. It's not to get more people serving. Though, I'll say this, if we capture this heart, there will be more money coming in. If we capture this message, there will be more people serving. There will be more people using their time, their talent, and their treasure in the body of Christ. But I'm being honest with you today. My motivation for this message and for this series is not for that. My motivation for this message and for this series is I want this for you. I want you to capture this spirit, this mentality, this concept of generosity because I want all of us to be blessed. I want us to be a blessing to others. But the Bible tells us when we are generous, we will be refreshed. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is kind of where we'll spend the rest of our time today. And Paul is teaching again, and he's really kind of given the motivation for giving, the motivation for generosity. Let me kind of show you what's happening here. Paul was credited with planting several churches in the New Testament. Um, Some people say Paul planted 14 churches. Some say more, some say less. I don't know exactly how many, but I do know that Paul planted a lot of churches. But even the, and, and the churches that Paul planted were away from Jerusalem, where the church was founded. But even though he planted his churches outside of Jerusalem, he still had a deep love for the church in Jerusalem. And Paul had this desire that the churches he had planted, that they would be generous toward the mothership in Jerusalem. And Paul felt like it was very important that all the churches that he had planted that were really the benefactors of this great church where Jesus came from and where the Gospels came from, Paul felt it was important for these churches to give an offering to this church in Jerusalem. And in now in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we see that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth now about this, this generosity, about giving to this church. And Paul gives this impassioned plea and this challenge, and he gets right to the heart of the matter. And let's look at it. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, pick it up in verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. When Paul uses this word grace here, this is not how you might understand the word grace, like amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's not the type of grace that Paul is referencing here. Paul is talking about literally a gift, the generosity of God. Um, I honestly think what Paul is doing here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and I'll kind of reveal this to you, show this to you. I think what Paul is trying to do is he's trying to provoke the Corinthian church with a little bit of competition. I think that's what he's doing. And if you, if you study this out, you will see other people, scholars, many of them believe this, that they think that what Paul was doing is he was trying to challenge or provoke the Corinthian church with generosity because he was saying, this is how generous the Macedonian church has been. Because here's why. The Corinthian church was probably the wealthiest church of all the churches Paul planted. The Macedonian church was probably the poorest. Let's continue reading verse 2. And this is, this is literally 
This has become one of my favorite verses, and I've never noticed, I've read this verse, but I've never noticed it till this week. Listen to this. In the midst of severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Only God can take extreme trial and give you joy in the midst of poverty and make it flow up into generosity. Only God can do that. Oh, I mean, I'm sitting there reading this verse, and it doesn't even make sense. Out of trial, you're going to have joy. Even though you're extremely poor, you're going to be generous. It's just this amazing verse. So what Paul's saying here to the Corinthian church is the, the, uh, the Macedonian church was fired up to give, even though they were the poorest church I'd ever planted, verse 3 and 4. For I testify, listen, that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Just talk about generosity. And entirely on their own, he says. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Here's what Paul is saying to the church in Corinthians. The Macedonian church, we tried to get them not to give. But they gave anyway. We said, hey, you don't have to do this. You're poor. You don't have anything to give. But they insisted on giving. And why is Paul telling this Corinthian church this? I believe Paul is telling the church in Corinth this because he wants them to capture this spirit of generosity. He wants them to understand understand that you can do more than they can do. You can make a huge difference. You can make a huge impact. But this poor church that has nothing is giving all of their ability and beyond. But yet what are you doing? It's this challenge. Continue verse 5. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first. And I love this line here. They gave themselves first. So listen to me today. You think Pastor Chaz is teaching a a message on money. No, I'm not. Because right here we can see that they weren't writing checks. They weren't just putting money in an offering bucket and saying we're generous. They weren't just giving something online. They weren't just putting a check in the mail and saying we're going to do something. They went beyond that and they gave themselves. Why do I say that? Because generosity is not only about money. Generosity is a lifestyle. Generosity is a way you think. Generosity is the way you live. Let me ask you today, do you think generous? Do you live generous? Do you give of yourself? Do you give of your time, your talent, and your treasure? Do you serve? Are you generous? I'll be honest with you. I was trying to make this entire message, you know, because sometimes we can, as pastors, we can maybe throw some, like, challenging things out there. And I was just trying to just teach this message and just... All from a positive angle. Let me just kind of just say this. I don't think the church, and this this I'm not after money. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna have anybody stand up and say I choose to serve today. But I don't think the church should ever have a money problem or a volunteer problem. Let's clap right there. That's pretty good. I don't think, but we do. Here's the deal. I don't think, I don't think a church should ever have to stand up and give and have a building campaign. I don't think as a church I should ever have to stand up and say, hey, we have an outreach. Will you give towards this outreach? 
I believe if we were just generous we, and we went above and beyond, there would always be more than enough. It's just what I believe. That's why it's really what I see in the Bible. God has called us as people to be generous. generous. And at Destiny Church, we give of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Skip ahead to verse 11. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. But listen to verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. For if the willingness is there, in other words, God says, if the heart is right, God loves it. If the heart is right, God loves it. Which means to me, listen to me today, God is more interested in your attitude than the amount you give. God is more interested in your attitude than your time, your talent, and your treasure. You can serve at a door on a Sunday morning and be ticked off that you're doing it. You think God's getting honor from that? You can, the offering bucket can be passed by on a Sunday morning and you can begrudgingly give. Do you think God is getting honor from that? Do you think that's generous? God is looking at the heart. If the willingness is there, if the joy is there, the time, the talent, and the treasure is acceptable. And as we move forward in this next decade, I want when you give of your time, I want when you give of your talent, and when you give of your treasure, you do it from a heart that is full of joy and that it is acceptable and pleasing to God. So I'm going to do in the, next few, the last few moments that I have with you today, I want to give you quickly five ways or five things that I see from a heart that is truly generous. This attitude. Number one, those who are generous, number one, they give joyfully. In other words, they have fun when they're giving. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive, right? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a complaining giver, unhappy giver, cheerful giver. I'll tell you, I've seen it in a few churches, and I would love it if when we gave at Destiny Church, every single time we took up an offering, we gave a standing ovation, or we gave a round of applause. I wish, our, I wish our giving was just an element of our worship. I wish we saw it as that. It, I think it would change the way we do church. Proverbs 21.6 says, Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. Did you know that you can joyfully give of your time, your talent, and your treasure? I said, I referenced this right at the beginning, but Acts 20 verse 35 says, Remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself. He said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Number two, talking about attitudes of generous people. Number one, they give joyfully. Number two, they give selflessly. 2 Corinthians 8, 5, I referenced this verse just a moment ago. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves First, truly, listen to me today, truly generous people give a part of themselves. Acts 2, 44 through 45, one of our key verses for the entire year, actually, says this. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need 
among them. I believe the key to the growth of the early church was generosity. You want to see your family be blessed? Be generous. You want to see your business be blessed? Be generous. You want to you want to move forward in your place of work? Be generous. I'm not just talking about being generous in the church. And I'm not just talking about being generous with your bank accounts. I'm talking about being generous with your joy. Be generous with your compassion. Be generous with forgiveness. Be generous with, you know, love. Be generous. Be generous. I believe the key to the growth of the early church was their generosity. They were selfless. They gave of themselves. If I can be honest with you today, I think this is opposite of what we see in the church a lot today. We are selfish. We're selfish. I'm not going to do this because this is my time. You can't have it. I've worked hard for this. I'm too busy to serve. I'm just going to be a consumer. I don't want to contribute. You know, listen, I, don't throw things. We're generous with our time. The second one says our talent. Third one says our treasure. Let me, just, let me just say something about talent for just a moment. Did you know that all across this room there are talented people in this room? God has given you gifts. Some of you have tremendous gifts inside of you. And you use that talent for the world, and you use that talent to earn a living, but you say, I use my talent all week long for this. I don't want to use that talent in the church. Is that backwards? Please hear me. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is not, there's, there's no condemnation in this. I just notice that we have people that are talented and have gifts in the body of Christ but they never use that gift in the church. I see people that are great with kids, but they say, I work with kids all week long. I don't want to use that gift at the church. Okay, maybe you don't want to serve in kids, but maybe you could invest and try to help our kids' ministry be better because you have a talent there. I see people that are good with teaching, but yeah, they never want to teach in the church. I see people that are talented with that are talented musically or creatively, but maybe you use that in the world and you don't use it in the church. I'm just talking to you today. I'm passionate about us becoming generous as a church and not just not just financially. We want to be we want to be selfless. First John, I love first John 5 3. Uh, actually, let me say this number three. Generous people give willingly. They give willingly. 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if the intention and the desire are there, I read this just a moment ago. I referenced it from a different translation. The size of the gift doesn't matter. Your gift is fully acceptable to God according to what you have, not what you don't have. For if the intention and the desire are there, it doesn't matter the amount. It just matters the heart. In other words, the reason I'm giving today is not because I have to, but because I want to. I love what 1 John 5, 3 says. This is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. His commands are not burdensome. I want you to think of ter- in terms of generosity in this way, and they'll have this on the screen. But we need to move. I want you to pull that half to. 
in terms of generosity, we need to, it needs to go right here. We need to move from I have to to I want to, even more so to I get to. I want you, will you write that down? I have to, I want to, I get to. We need to move to that. A truly generous person realizes they get to give and they do it willingly. Number four, give thankfully. Psalm 116, 116.12 says, What can I give back to God for the blessings that he's poured out on me? What can I give back? Where can I be generous? A truly generous person gives because they understand that every single blessing they have comes from God. And they are thankful for that. They give willingly. They give thankfully. And number five, they give intentionally. I referenced this verse earlier, but let me reference it one more time from a different translation. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 from the Passion Translation says this. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty, let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. God is telling us today at Destiny Church, giving is a choice. I don't give because I have to. I don't give out of a sense of duty. I don't even give because my pastor stood up and told a sad story and made me want to give. But rather, a generous giver gives intentionally because they love doing it. They give because they give a jo- get a joy out of giving. I don't have to do this. I don't even want to do this. I get to do this. And last thing, and I close with this. Too often, the motivation for giving And it's taught as, this, as a reason for giving from churches. I think a lot of churches teach this. A lot of people kind of live this. I'll get there in just a moment. But I don't believe this is why we should give, and this should never be our starting point for giving. Let me just say this. But when you give, this is going to happen, but this shouldn't be our motivation for it. This shouldn't be our starting point. But if you choose to get involved in this, if you choose to be generous, if you choose to go all in, if you choose to be generous with your time, your talent, and your treasure, if you come to the place that you realize I'm going to be generous because I've realized that God has more for me than me, here's the promise. You ready for it? You cannot outgive God. That's not the reason we give, that shouldn't be our motivation for giving. But it is a promise. You cannot outgive God. Second Corinthians 9, 6, and I close. Here's my point. A stingy owner will reap a meager, a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit, the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap what? An abundant harvest. God loves it when we are cheerful givers. We want to, at Destiny Church, we want to be generous. And we want to give of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. 
Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.